Hey, welcome to the With Parents Podcast. My name is Jason Gann. I'm the pastor of Kids and Family here at Resurrection. So glad you joined us. Today's episode is really gonna be powerful. You're gonna be inspired as a parent when you think about your kids and you think about youth sports. Uh, how is our role as a parent? What about the coach? Why is that important? What happens after the, the bad game, the, the moment of defeat? We're gonna hear from Matt Williams. Matt Williams uh, played, uh, well, he was the number one catcher in high school for the state. He grew up in Michigan. Then he went on to play for Duke. He passed up scholarships at Yale. Stanford to play for Duke. He was the uh, freshman uh, first-round catcher. He was drafted by the Cubs into the farm team. And then, you know what? His uh, Well, his knees started to give out on him a little bit because the catchers take a lot of... But he's got uh, great insight as a player uh, in both amateur and professional world. He also was an owner-manager of different youth sport businesses, club teams, showcase, uh, showcase business and industry. And he happens to be a dad. Uh, are you ready for this? A five-year-old, a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and one on the way. So he's about to coach his oldest child, his son, in his first year of T-ball. He's got some great insights for us parents on what he got from his parents, on uh, the industry, and what to do in those defeating moments. Uh, let's tune in. Hey, welcome again. I'm here with Matt Williams. Uh, Matt is a friend, but Matt has quite a credential sheet that is really important to what we're talking about today. So I want to run through a few of these and just kind of get your commentary about this, Matt. Uh, you were an athlete. You were the best catcher in the state of Michigan when you were in high school. That's quite a title, best in the state. You had opportunities to go to Ivy League schools, Yale, Stanford. You said, no way, I'm going to go play for Duke. Uh, United Methodist School, just wanted to point that out. But <laughs> you went to play for Duke, and uh, and you started a job there. You were involved with a lot of youth sports in high school. Uh, you got uh, prepared for this moment. You get into college uh, baseball. You're a catcher. You're a top D1 catcher in the country. Uh, you were uh, playing at Duke. Then you were drafted by the Cubs in 2009. You played one year. Uh, admittedly, you said... Uh, Money's hurt. Started, started feeling the uh, the age yeah. of a catcher. The body, is, the body started to feel it pretty good. And uh, I, I certainly was not a catcher at your level, but I did play a lot of little league catching. I've got the bad knee to prove it. Um, but uh, it, it does. It wears on the body. And uh, and so you said, you know, I've got to, I got to, I got to look beyond uh, this life as a baseball player. But but uh, you're certainly a professional. But not only that. Um, you played, then you also uh, owned and were a part of the business of youth sports. So you were a professional in the, in the area. You started a club here in the Kansas City area, a baseball club for eight to 18 years. You've uh, been a private instructor for thousands of hours. You still do that on the side, I'm sure. And uh, you started a showcase company, which is a lot like NFL Combine Day, so people could see uh, these young athletes. And I love how you said your hope was that they could achieve the dream of college baseball. And I thought that was just cool when you're thinking about helping them achieve their dreams. So we've got your player, you're a professional in the business of youth sports, but you're also a father. And uh, that really kind of brings it together. That's the trifecta, yep. right? Uh, you and your wife, Kristen, you have you have three kids and... Another one on the way. Another one on the way. So yeah. four kids, you're building a baseball team. We I are. Get it? The cleanup hitter, the cleanup hitter <laughs> is soon to be on deck. That's awesome. So and you, you have boys and girls. So that's yep. just, wow. Yeah, Braden will be six in July and Ella is four. Connor will be he's two and a half. And then baby number four will be here uh, in September. Up this fall. That's yep. awesome. 
Well, Matt, as we think about youth sports, um, <clears throat> this is just such a part of our cu culture, it just permeates our culture. Uh, just a reminder, I've got a 17 and a 14-year-old daughters. My 14-year-old is in club sports, volleyball. I see this youth sport culture. It's just a part of who we are. And there's a lot of great things about it. Then there's some challenges. And today you're gonna share with us really three kind of areas. Insights for parents and why the family approach is really important um, when it comes uh, the second kind of idea is around coaching and 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 how to really uh, uh, well review connect with a coach and and then the third idea of, of well what to do if they don't make it as a professional athlete so that's what we're kind of going to dig into so first question Matt just tell us about your relationship with your parents what you've taken from that what you've learned and what insight you'd give to parents about that that role absolutely it's been I've done a lot of reflecting looking back because you know obviously being a baseball player and then working in the industry owning a club, working in showcases, working with parents and players that are, you know, my parents or the, my child, but helping them try to get to that next level and, and achieve their dream and accomplish their goals. So I've seen it from that angle. Then now being a parent myself, even though my kids are younger, um, I've really spent a lot of time thinking about my relationship with my parents because I was fortunate in that I had a really strong relationship with my parents. I had two parents at home. Um, just, I was just blessed in that way. And it's interesting to me because we we had a very intense relationship around baseball, but <laughs> I've been trying to, as a parent myself now, like trying to dig into what's what kept us close, like what kept us on the right side of the healthy line instead of, you know, going in a, in a negative direction. And the thing that comes to mind, this is kind of a meta narrative because it happened really frequently, but there were so many dinners where we'd be having dinner and my dad had this like pen and paper day timer that allegedly kept his schedule, but really he had my batting average, like, you know, calculated <laughs> okay. by hand. Sure, um, sure. And he would know exactly, like we'd have my goals, I need to hit 450, I need to hit 500, whatever the goals were. He'd have it calculated to know exactly how many hits I needed per game, per tournament, at any point in the season, he'd have it all calculated. And, you know, in baseball, your batting average is really important for awards and, and accolades and everything. So um, we'd be sitting around at the dinner and looking back on it, like, honestly, there was, there was times where it was pretty much an argument. Like it was intense sure. conversations, sure. but what was, it was so interesting to me is I always wanted more. Like there were times where, you know, the temperature rose pretty high and we kind of had to like hit the pause button, sure. but there was never a doubt in my mind that the next time we had dinner, cause we just had dinners as much as possible around our dinner table that I was going to dive right back in. I wanted to talk baseball. And, um, and so as I think about that, I think what's, What's really important um, and what I hope I can do for my kids, because I know my parents did it for me, is my parents and I were bonded over something that really mattered to me, which was baseball. Mm. Um, and my parents were very intense and far from perfect, and everybody had their moments. Um, you know, my dad was not afraid to yell at an umpire, or he sometimes would walk walk like down the foul line because he was just so upset with what was happening. He had to like separate himself. So I'm not saying that they're perfect, but the key thing that I have been reflecting on and want to mention today is my parents followed my lead and the passion. Hmm. So it was intense and there were arguments and it was far from perfect. But the key thing for me is that the desire to play college baseball and maybe someday professional baseball, that burned white hot within me from a really early age on. Like I've asked my parents and some other coaches and stuff like, 
Because if I'm trying to help a kid get where I got to, I want to understand what helped me have success, sure, not so they sure. can copy and paste me, but so I can learn the lessons from that. And the feedback is from my parents and other coaches that I was just more serious about it early on than a lot of my peers. Okay. And so where, what I reflect on that and where I think there's a parenting lesson in there that I try to remind myself of for my parents, and hopefully we can share with any parents watching or listening, is that... I led the way in terms of the intensity of this driving passion. So my parents came alongside me, but there was never a doubt that I wanted baseball for myself. And that was a really key ingredient to us having this really deep, profound bond Mm -hmm. that literally went from and started in Southeast Michigan, and then it kept us feel pretty close from Michigan to North Carolina, and then from Michigan out in Boise, Idaho, and was playing pro Mm -hmm. ball. It kind of closed the the physical distance because we had this unique bond together, and Seeing it on the other side as being in the industry, working with parents and players, when the parent tries to project something that they want onto their player more than the player him or herself wants, it really is not a recipe for a positive result. It's probably not going to bring people closer together. If anything, it might start pushing people apart. And so... So I was thinking about parenting and my relationship with my parents. Like, it was intense, and it was awesome, but and they were never afraid. To, the other thing I wanted to mention, too, is they were never afraid to say that I love you and I'm proud of you. So, good. I mean, my dad would drive me nuts sometimes because he's like, all right, son, you need four hits this weekend to hit your mark, you know, <laughs> and I'd be like, dad, not right now. But underneath all of that, there was never a doubt that, like, my dad loved me and was proud of me, and same with my mom. And so that was, like, the foundation that allowed us to kind of argue over the performance kind of surface-level stuff because there was never an insecurity about my parents loved me and they wanted this goal for me because I wanted it for myself. And I think that's what really helped us um, really go after something that was big and hard but also, like, stay close and, and healthy in the midst of that. Man, that's well said. I loved how, uh, how you said, follow my lead. So looking for the, the child, the student, uh, the teenager to, to really lead in their passion for the sport and really getting behind them. Um, certainly pushing them, right? I heard yeah. you say that. You, you, you appreciated the, the competitive push from your dad. Um, the dinner table, uh, healthy. And I loved how you said bonding over something uh, that is really important. So it was like, tell me a little bit more about that. Because I'm guessing, it, you know, baseball was was the overlying conversational topic, mm-hmm. but I bet the bond grew deeper. And so I just want to get your reflections on that. Yeah, because I use those, I use the language bonding over something that matters intentionally in a general sense, because my dad, uh, my dad was a high school football player and my mom was a um, classically trained musician. So yeah. outside of an uncle, that allegedly was really good. I don't know um, that there was no baseball connection. So, like my aptitude and interest in the game of baseball is what drew my parents into that. And so something that mattered to me deeply was baseball because I just, there's just something that's, it's even today, it's hard for me to put into words. It's just a deep-seated love for the game that, and it's a love, love is a verb, not as a feeling because there were moments where I'm like, I'm done with this game, but you know, (laughs) deep down, it's like, it's something I really wanted. And so that's something that matters. So baseball 
baseball was something that I identified that I really wanted. But the other thing, too, that my parents really helped with was we quickly identified baseball as a potential vehicle to help me get into a school and set me up for, you know, future. Um, mm. Because yeah. I was a good student, not a great student, you know, no honors classes, just a, had like a 3.8, but nothing special whatsoever. Nothing that could even remotely get me into Stanford, Yale, or Duke as a student. Right. But baseball— was a ticket that could help me get into an institution that I otherwise couldn't have. And so when my parents were thinking about me and they were and they were just learning what mattered to me, I wanted to go to a really good school and I wanted to play baseball. So that's something that mattered because they saw that as my goal and the future that they, they wanted for me. But it, again, it was something coming from inside of me. That's something that mattered that brought us closer because it was like we were united in a common purpose to see how far I could go pursuing this goal. That's cool. <clears throat> I love that. And I think that's important. And I'm excited to hear more about when Braden, who's now five and about to start T-ball. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> yes. now that you're in your dad's role and, and, yep. and, and, and what you, because, you know, it's amazing. I, there's moments, and I know some of you feel this, right, where we become our parents. We do. Yeah. There's moments where you just recognize, oh, my gosh, I just became my my father, my mother. Yeah. It's just part of how we are, right? It's part of how we're designed. So I was thinking about this. You had mentioned in our in our kind of prep work over this interview the importance of of your kid's coach. Mm -hmm. Tell us why that's important and, and what advice you have when it comes to your child's coach. Yeah. So quick, quick backstory, kind of what led me to go into youth sports and youth baseball as a as a career for almost a decade was um, I needed a summer job. And so I just literally started calling around saying, hey, I'm a former baseball player. Can I coach your team this summer? Make whatever I was going to make to help um, help make some money over the summer. And so I started coaching, had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no clue. I had played at a high level, but coaching and playing are very different. And um, something struck me, though, about halfway through the year, I recognized that the players really paid attention to what I said mm. and how I responded to them really mattered. And I felt like I had no clue what I was doing in terms of writing a lineup and defining strategy and all these things you think about as a coach, but you don't necessarily always think about as a player. But yet I was having a positive impact on these players and I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, this is really interesting. Like this whole coaching thing, like there's a, how you treat your players really matters. And then the the motivational part, but also just the reality is I'd look across the dugout and I'd look across the field at other dugouts and not every coach treated their players the way that I would want to treat my players. And I started recognizing that my players responded to me in this way and other coaches were treating their players and their players responding differently. And I was like, this is, there's something in this coaching thing. And so fast forward, I kept coaching and, um, you know, working, whether it's individual private lessons or starting a baseball club or, um, you know, coaching a team, just kind of one team. Um, I continually reckon, continually experienced how important a coach is because when one of the things that I think about all the time is like everybody's going to remember a coach for better or for worse. Right. So whether it's a sports or an activity or whatever it is, a coach figure, quote unquote, everybody's going to remember them. And um, so I started to experience that as a coach and wanted to be a good coach. But then I spent four years working with a nonprofit called Community for Coaches. Yeah. And our whole thing was coaching with purpose. So we would try to help coaches to find their purpose um, as a coach and to use their platform for good and not for bad. And to see um, to see the, the dramatic impact that a coach can have no matter what. But then if you 
help a coach to think through what is their purpose as a coach and to intentionally use that platform for good, to see how that coach transformed, to see how teams transformed and mm -hmm. players transformed and lives were transformed, it was really, really impactful. And so as a parent now, I can't help myself. Like I'm going to coach my kids and whatever I can just because sure. it's in me. But yeah. um, one thing, you know, because in the industry, if you're like, if you're a baseball club owner or whatever, you, the crazy parents, quote unquote, you know, it gets <laughs> sure. thrown, around a lot, uh, thrown around a lot. Like parents can be a challenging aspect of the youth sports industry. Um, but one thing I do absolutely think parents should be very adamant about is who is coaching your kid. And not as much on like the X's and O's or, you know, do you step this way or that way or your swing mechanics, but like the character, the value, the example that that coach, him or her, is setting for your son or daughter, I fundamentally believe is far more important than any tactical skill or drill they're ever going to learn because mm. the impact of that coach is going to last far beyond any sort of experience on the field. And it's going to have a ripple effect on that young person's life, again, for good or for bad. And so um, I think coaching is absolutely essential. And parents if done, you know, with love and grace in the right way, can go a long way in in ensuring that their kids are playing for coaches that care about their their son or daughter as the person and not just right. the player or the paycheck or the reputation of the club or anything like that. That's well said. I mean, that's part of what's great about sports is you learn people. You learn how to be with people. You learn how to interact with people. You learn how to work together as a team. And so character is a, par a big part of the draw to youth sports, right? And the coach is critical in that role, just like the parent is, right? Mm -hmm. And in and, and my, so my favorite quote in, the, in life is example is not the best way of teaching. It's the only way of teaching. And mm -hmm. so I always try to say that in my mind all the time as a parent, but that's what I'm hoping for. And a coach, uh, I think we all should hope that and a, and a coach that's influencing our child, developing their character. So thanks for that. That's really good. I, uh, I uh, thought about... Um, how coaches can build you up or tear you down, like you said, they'll remember, for better or for worse, you're going to remember your coach. Mm -hmm. So you're going to make an impact as a coach. So maybe this is to the coaches, like choose your impact. Because yes. it's either going to be positive or negative. Yeah. Uh, but they'll remember it forever, right? Yeah. And one thing I I know we talked about before, but I wanted to make sure I mentioned is there's a story of a, of, to me, the epitome of a coach is somebody that cares about the best interests of the kid above and above any scoreboard above any result. It's just like, what is, what does this player need, and what's in the best interest oh, for them? You gonna tell the coach Dale? Yeah, Coach yeah, Rumberger okay, story. Right, yeah, so <laughs> there, there's two elements of this that I think personify how important a coach can be. Um, the first thing is, so um, Dale Rumberger, Coach Rumberger, I would go to him for um, private catching lessons when I was in high school, and this was junior senior year, so I was extremely advanced on my way to college, and. The first thing that I'll never forget about Coach Rumberger is that he recognized what I needed, not necessarily what he thought my dad wanted or what he mm. thought I wanted. Because um, I would show up to an hour-long lesson that wasn't cheap, and so I know it was not nothing for my dad to, to pay sure, for this. Um, sure. And we would sit there and we would talk for the first 45 minutes. And I remember clear as day, my dad's kind of looking like kind of sideways, like, what am I paying for? Like, what is happening right now? And in the moment, like I was engaged because he was a good coach, but I thought it was interesting too. I'm like, why do we, we're talking for a long time? And then we do like 10 or 15 minutes of drills. He'd give me a couple pointers that honestly, I kind of 
already knew because the skills and drills I had down, I was I was just I was an advanced catcher at, at my age. Um, but reflecting back, what I realized is he was he recognized that I didn't need more physical reps. I didn't need more skills and drills. I needed the why. I needed the the mental foundation of what is the purpose of blocking a ball? What is the purpose of receiving it in this way? What are you actually trying to do when you throw the ball down the second base? And interestingly, that I mean, Coach Rumber couldn't have known this, but when I got to Duke, like I was the starting catcher as a freshman, right. but our coaching staff, extremely accomplished, not a catcher on the staff. So I effectively was kind of having to coach myself okay. in the ACC at Duke. And thanks to Coach Rumberger, I understood the principle of what I'm trying to accomplish as a catcher physically. And that allowed right. me to make adjustments, to learn, to grow, and to, in some ways, coach myself at a really high, important level as I'm fighting for a starting job as a freshman in ways that if it was just an hour worth of skills and drills that I already knew how to do, right. probably wouldn't have wouldn't have helped me that way. So that's the first thing with Coach Rumberger is he he really took the time to figure out what I needed, and then that's what he focused on with his coaching. And then the other part, this is a story I'll never forget, and it's a, it's it shows that a coach should care about a player regardless of the scoreboard and the competition, which is important, but right. um, secondary. So um, I played for Northwell High School. Coach Rumberger actually coached a high school in our conference, a rival conference called Plymouth Salem. Okay. And so we're playing ba- we're playing baseball, and I'm a catcher, and if there's a runner on first and it's a ground ball, the catcher's supposed to back up first base right. in case it's a bad throw. And uh, so we're playing Plymouth Salem. I don't know, it's some random third inning. Um, Rumberger was, he was competitive. He was fiery. He would get after his guys. He wanted to beat Northville, even though he cared about me as a person. Sure. Um, so we're playing, and it's run around first, ground ball. I don't leave home plate. I just got lazy, <laughs> just decided I didn't want to hustle that play. And so I'm sitting there, you know, we get the out. It's not a bad throw or anything. So really probably nobody, nobody noticed. I'm not even here. Like, but then all of a sudden, Somebody's yelling at me from the dugout. They're saying, Williams, Williams, you're better than that. You're better than that. You get your butt down there next time. You're better than that. And I'm like, okay, like Coach Newman, my coach, he's yelling at me. And then I'm like, wait a second. That's coming from the other dugout. It's not my coach that was yelling at me. It was Coach Rumberger coaching against me that recognized that I was slacking. He knew that I was better than that. He wanted me to be better than that. And so he was literally in the middle of a high school game, um, he was yelling at me for not hustling enough against his own team. Has there, and, been, has there been a day in the rest of your career where you didn't think about not backing up first? Oh, no. He I didn't come into your mind. No, like <laughs> not long after that. Like it became my goal to beat the, the batter runner down to first right? base. Like I was going to. It was to, ingrained in, right? It the was. The character was developed. Yes, it was. of the accountability. Yeah, and it, there, it was this odd sense of like kind of embarrassing because I knew he was right. But it was also really satisfying because this man that really cared about me above the name on the jersey and who right. we were coming, like he, right. he cared about me enough to to coach me and make me better. And I, it's a, I, I'll just never forget that. And for, that's, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, right. yeah. And you remember it. It's, yep. it's ingrained in who you are. It's, it's a character trait now because of that moment. Yeah. Right? That that's the impact a coach can have. Yeah, that's just a couple snippets of what I think the epitome of a coach is in my experience and why I think as parents, hmm. are the coaches of our kids, like if I want my kid to swing this way, but some baseball coach wants to swing a different way, like I'm not going to meddle in that. But if I start to, to sniff some character issues or I don't like the example, like that's when I'm going to get really concerned as a parent because I've seen a lot both directions, good and bad in terms of influence and impact. And the coaches really, really matter. That's good. That's well said. My takeaway is 
even though I'm not the coach of my child, I'm the parent of my child, I'm always the parent. And that means I need to be paying attention to how the coach is coaching my child, right? There needs to be a connection there, a communication. Uh, one of the takeaways I took from Dr. Jacobs in an earlier yeah. uh, interview was was that, to to ask the coach what their um, purpose is, what their, mm -hmm. their goals are, their mission. So to really understand where the, the why behind the coach so that you understand, and the coach understands your why as a parent and why this is important and character matters. And so thanks for that. That's, that's good stuff, Matt. Kind of brings me to the third idea. As as uh, as we as we are talking about youth sports and <clears throat> I mean kids all around our culture are dreaming of being the next uh, LeBron James, Stephen mm -hmm. Curry, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Right, yep. whatever their sport is, Simone Biles. They are dreaming. That's me. That's me. And, and we want them to dream, right? I mean, it's good to dream. Um, what what do you say to that pathway when when the reality kind of sets in? Um, when we think about youth sports and, and kids' futures? I think the this perspective is is really important. And to, to put it lovingly, but very, very directly, is the chances of any kid in youth sports making it to college, let alone professional sports, is astronomically low. Mm. Um, so just thinking about my experience as a player, I was fortunate in that I... You know, I had a lot of resources around me, loving parents, mentors that helped me, um, a really strong work ethic, and just some some aptitude to be good. Because that's a, sometimes you either got it or you don't in sure. terms of your physical capacity. So I played on a team that was extraordinarily talented. We had our starting nine players when I was 17 and 18 were all Division One players. Wow. Four of us, including myself, got drafted. I'm the only delinquent that didn't make the big leagues. The <laughs> other three guys all made the big leagues. Um, so... Um, you know, pound for pound, quote unquote, that's the best team I've ever played on. And oh, wow. so experiencing that as a player and reflecting back on it and then being in the industry coaching eight to 18 year olds. Um, and then also the showcase industry was also interesting because we'd travel the country um, putting on these showcase events, trying to help kids achieve their dream of playing college baseball and doing recruiting seminars and getting the coaches there to watch them and helping right. parents and players. Right. Um, the facts remain that um, it's a worthy purpose. It's something that matters to the kid and to the family, and it can draw you together. Mm. But um, the chances, if your only goal with a youth sport is to get the college scholarship or to play pro or to have some dream of your kid being on ESPN, then um, I honestly believe, lovingly, that's the wrong perspective because mm. youth sports can be about so much more than that. Right. It can bond families. It can create memories that last a lifetime. It can teach character. Um, it can teach work ethic. It teamwork. can teamwork. Yeah. It can provide college opportunities. There's real opportunity there. But just because just use baseball as an example, because it's the baseball, it's the sport I'm familiar with. There's something like 400,000 high school baseball players um, in in the United States at any given year. Seven percent are going to play college baseball at any level. That's wow. junior college, so NAIA, yeah. D3, D2, D1. <laughs> and so 7% um, out of 400,000, I'm not a math guy. Um, my yeah. Duke education <laughs> failed me with that one, but uh, um, that's not a lot. But that's 7%, that's college at any level. And so when we start thinking College World Series and the stuff we see on TV and the D1 aspirations and all that kind of stuff, um, the, the, the percentages get really small, really, really fast. Um, and so I share that just from a, not a Debbie Downer perspective, yeah. but from a, from the perspective of youth sports are incredible. Like I spent almost a decade in the industry and right. absolutely 
absolutely loved it. Um, but the the right perspective is key because if if as parents and as a community, if we are using youth sports to build up young people and to teach life lessons and to right. equip them to go out and to um, learn and grow and add value as you know future adults, then youth sports is incredible. And it's a, it's a platform that honestly can teach lessons unlike just about anything else. Yeah. But if our priorities get out of order, then that's when it starts to cause division and it starts to push kids away and separate mm-hmm. um, just cause conflict in, in families and create an unhealthy environment that's not good for anybody. So I think our perspective as parents and um, my son, like I said, he's been playing soccer and now he's in T-ball. So I'm just dipping my toes in the yeah. in the in the coaching my kid, <laughs> uh, watching my kid play sport waters, but just being in it for 10 years and working with thousands of players and parents um, literally all over the country. I just think the perspective matters because if your kid never plays an inning or a down or a second of a collegiate sport, but that sport brought you closer together. It was something that mattered. It bonded you and it taught the kid lessons. Then it's worth every penny and every moment. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. That's a good perspective for me to hear because I tend to look at like, oh, this is costing this much in dollars (laughs) and this much in time. Um, But then also I see how engaged my daughter is in youth sports. I see how engaged we are as a family. Uh, It does create beautiful high moments and beautiful low moments and how we how we manage that as Mm -hmm. parents and as a family. And so I know she's learning life lessons that will serve her well in whatever career uh, and and in her own family in years ahead. And that reminds me because I don't want I don't want to miss this opportunity because you shared with me a story of like when you said your dad kind of got it right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Dr. Jacobs on the earlier uh, interview I did, um, famous kind of sport, sports psychologist, talked about the car ride home yep. and how critical the car ride home is. And you had a moment of what that should and could look like to help a player in a difficult moment after the game. Uh, tell that story. So I was pretty sure I was 14. It was eighth grade. It was definitely middle school. I'm pretty sure it was eighth grade and we're at this tournament and to to us you know we're a fairly competitive team and I'm one of the best players on the team one of the best hitters so I'm in the three hole or the four hole in the lineup and uh we're playing in this game in the championship game and it's bases loaded we're down by one two outs you know kind of this childhood sandlot opportunity here this is it and it is and it's the right guy the bases are loaded like this is going to be my my shining moment as a 14 year old because this is this was all that mattered to me in the moment. And so pitcher comes, first pitch, fastball, swung on an inside fastball, shouldn't have swung at. I, if I picture a bat, I hit the ball about three inches above my hands. Just the weakest possible pop-up to the pitcher you could imagine. Oh, Game over. And, um, you know, again, perspective being I'm a 14-year-old, middle school, insecure, all of those kinds sure. of things. And so this sure. was devastating. Yeah. I hated the way my teammates were looking at me, the disappointment, because the parents, everybody's going nuts because, like, I was the guy that was going to, you know, do this and get us our trophy and blah, blah, blah. Got to be the hero. I was, yep. I was all set up, and it was a miserable failure on the field. Like, it was just a bad way to go out. I almost rather struck out. Um, so I'm I'm devastated in the moment because in my world, this was, this was huge. And so the car ride home, we had about an hour and a half drive because it was a relatively local tournament. And my dad just... He just nailed the car ride home perfectly because he he sensed where I was at, which mm-hmm. I think is a is a huge important thing. Like, sure, he was, 
you know, there's dynamics to being a parent on a team and who knows what he was thinking. But the first thing is he he recognized where I was and I was very upset. And so he spent most of the car ride home just there in silence. Mm. Like that's not and that's not typical for us. I mean, I referenced our dinner table conversations before, like (laughs) we had more of a tendency to, you know, to be lively and kind of go after it. Um, But in that moment, he recognized that this this stung deeper than your average failure or defeat um, in my world at the time. And so he just was quiet. And this is where it gets kind of funny, but also meaningful is I was in middle school and I had this poetry project due like soon afterwards. So I'm driving home just, you know, really upset in my world. And I write this poem called Defeat, trying to express my feelings to healthy outlet. Yeah. Healthy outlet. I have this like poetry thing then for, for middle school. And there's no way that poem was any good, but my dad told me it was the best thing he'd ever read. And in well done, dad. Yeah. Well, because what he, what he did there was he, he was there. He was just with me in that moment. He didn't try to force anything. He saw me trying to process and do something with these feelings. And then again, I, there's no way it was good, but he told me it was the best thing he'd ever read. And what he did, what he showed me is like, he kind of helped me turn a negative into a positive because I was still really upset about the way the game played out, but he was able to encourage me and to, to lift me up over this, you know, assignment and, and him just encouraged me in that. And like I said, I think what strikes me about that is it's just a moment where my dad got the car ride home really right because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, is 14-year-old baseball, you know, that big of a deal? No. But what he did a great job of is he recognized how much it mattered to me and my perspective and my world at that moment. And he did a whole lot of he did a whole lot of good by saying almost nothing, which can be really challenging. Um, I recognize how challenging that can be. Um, even as a young parent, parent of young kids myself. Sure. But that was a story that I'll never forget. Mm. Um, and I've tried to emulate that, you know, as a coach um, with a player who just struck out to end the game. Sometimes just being there is the most important thing and looking for a way to spin, to, to turn the negative into the positive. Um, that's some, that's a, an, an example of when my dad really, really crushed it with a, a car ride home that, yeah. brought us closer together rather than potentially, you know, creating separation sure. between us. Sure. Man, that's beautiful, Matt. <clears throat> it's an inspiration to us all. And also, here's what I would say to parents. Sometimes you're going to blow that car ride, and, uh, but you get another chance because mm-hmm. your kids are always your kids. And so you can get better. So if you've, if you've had that moment and right now you're just thinking, gosh, I blew it. I should have done that the last time that happened. You know, there'll be another car ride and there'll be another moment. And you're always and, uh, and here's, since you mentioned that, it just brings a thought to mind. There were plenty of post-game phone calls or car rides that I know my dad didn't get right. Yeah. It just, it just the odds of it. I just know our relationship, <laughs> sure, right? Sure. I remember this one. That's the one. So to your point, like, as I'm trying to prepare myself as a parent with kids that are going to be in coaching right. all kinds of, or playing all that stuff, like, yeah, we're going to mess it up as parents. But um, that's the one I remember, not the ones... Yeah. that my dad necessarily didn't do as well. And I think that can speak to the power of of when you do get it right and you connect with your kid in a really powerful way, it yeah. goes deep and it and it can be can help for those moments where we need some extra grace because we just yeah. didn't get it right. Well and I'll tell you, in those moments I will pray 
quietly. Mm. And I want to encourage you to do that, parents. I'll just pray, Lord, help me with the words. Lord, help me with the words. A lot of times, it still might not give me the exact words of what I should say, but it, but it helps to center my heart so my heart's in the right place no matter what I say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that's been helpful. So that would be a, a kind of a key piece of advice. So, Matt, thanks for being with us. Uh, I want to say this to everybody out there, right? So you might not have made the big leagues, but he did make it onto big ministry. <laughs> that's my joke. <laughs> Matt's actually on our team here at Resurrection. He serves in our marketing engagement department. Uh, he's a great uh, brother in uh, ministry. Uh, really helping make a difference in our community, thinking about how we reach and connect with people, especially young families and parents. And uh, and I was just one final question because um, if you're watching this podcast, uh, there was a game coming up, and uh, he is currently coaching Pastor Adam Hamilton, our senior pastor, uh, on on pre- preparation to throw out the first pitch at a Royals game. How how's that going, Matt? I will say it feels like the most high stakes pitching lesson ever. Um, <laughs> But the good news is he's hitting the target way more than he's not. So that's good. We got something to work with, and we'll keep practicing until we get there. (laughs) All right, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. As uh, as uh, Pastor Adam represents us all, we're so glad you joined us today for the podcast. Hope this is helping, inspiring to you. Share it with some friends, and we'll see you soon.